Welcome to the Mind Management Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Bullock. Our brains are on autopilot, sorting information and just giving it all meaning. Here I'm going to teach you how to take your brain off autopilot, take control, and manage your thinking so you can live authentically as you and love authentically. I want you to create a life that you are proud to live. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to this week's podcast. We're going to do something a little bit different this week. I am pulling out some archives, a talk that I gave years ago. I'm trying to think of when I gave this and I cannot remember exactly. But it's all about trials and overcoming trials. And this one definitely is a little bit more spiritual. So if that's not your jam, then come back to us next week or listen in and take what resonates with you and leave the rest. But here we go. Now, I was given a talk from a recent conference back then. The talk is by Joseph Burrow, the second counselor in the Young Men's General Presidency. And I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm saying that name correct. But here we go. He has a quote in there. It says, as we face hard things in the Lord's way, may we lift up our heads and rejoice. I immediately felt super unqualified to speak on the subject, but of course, I feel like that's the Lord's way of teaching me to learn as I grow. So rather than telling you what I know, I'll share with you what I learned in my preparations. Elder Burrow begins by saying that sometimes we have to face hard things. He says, frequently, our first reaction to hard things is, why me? Asking why, however, never takes away the hard thing. The Lord requires that we overcome challenges, and he has indicated that all these things shall give us experience and shall be for our good. Now, I'm sure we all know that trials are given to us to make us stronger, but I don't really seem to remember that in the thick of my trials. So what does that look like? To handle a trial in the Lord's way. Because I sure know what it looks like to not handle a trial in the Lord's way. For me, it looks like being quick to snap at my family or pass judgment too quickly and way too often. Often for me, the said trial is always at the forefront of my thoughts and accompanied by stress, grief, pain, or whatever feeling that trial might bring with it. It's hard when you're consumed with your own stuff to look outside of you and serve others. So it also looks like me not giving service and just not showing up as my best self all around. So while studying this, I really looked for examples of what it looks like to face our trials in the Lord's way. And what are some things I could do better to better gain that skill? Richard G. Scott said, When you face adversity, you can be led to ask many questions. Some serve a useful purpose, others do not. To ask, why does this have to happen to me? Why do I have to suffer this now? What have I done to cause this? Will lead you into blind alleys. It really does no good to ask questions that reflect opposition to the will of God. Rather asked, What am I to do? What am I to learn from this experience? What am I to change? Who am I to help? How can I remember my blessings in times of trial? Willing sacrifice of deeply held personal desires in favor of the will of God is very hard to do. Yet, when you pray with real conviction, please let me know thy will, and may thy will be done, you are in the strongest position to receive the maximum help from your loving Heavenly Father. Close quote. It hit me hard after reading that, that when I ask why me or for me, that question is disguised as 
why can't my whatever that particular trial is look like so-and-so who happens to be knocking that category of her life out of the park? But whenever I ask that, I'm showing resistance or opposition to the will of God. God is all-powerful. If he wanted, he could take away the trial from us in an instant, but he doesn't. So when we resist the trial, we're resisting all of the lessons we could learn from it. Inevitably, we're stuck, not progressing. And kind of like trying to go up the down escalator, if we stop moving forward, we're getting further away from our Father in Heaven. Someone who handles the trial in the Lord's way asks the better, more productive questions like he stated. What am I to do? What am I to learn from this experience? And so on. So because I'm human, I know the next time my mind starts to wander into the easier why me thoughts, because it will, because that's the path that Satan wants us to take, I hope I can drop the thoughts and replace it with, what can I learn from this right now? Or if that one doesn't mesh for you in the moment, who can I serve right now? I might have to say that exact sentence in my mind a couple times until the poor me thought goes away and then continue to answer the question with answers like, I'm learning to be more Christ-like. I'm learning to love unconditionally. I'm learning patience and whatever else I can pull from that moment. This may not change our surroundings or what's happening in the moment, but it changes the way that we react to the trial, the one thing we can control. Nephi was a prime example of handling trials in the Lord's way. When Laman, Lemuel, and two of the sons of Ishmael bound up Nephi and sought to kill him, Nephi prayed, O Lord, according to my faith which is in thee, wilt thou deliver me from the hands of my brethren? Yea, even give me strength that I may burst these bands with which I am bound. Rather than praying for them to stop, he prayed for the strength to get through the trial. After that, the bands were broken, and those that were seeking his life were now seeking forgiveness. It reads, And it came to pass that I did frankly forgive them and all that they had done. Elder Burrow said, To help us travel and triumph over our hard times, I may suggest two things. We must face hard things by first forgiving others and by second giving ourselves to Heavenly Father. Handling the trial in the Lord's way looks like Nephi offering forgiveness to his brothers that attempted to kill him. The Lord's way is quick to forgive. The second thing he suggested is giving yourself to your Heavenly Father. When I think of what that looks like to me, I see choosing to accept God's will and to choose to serve God time and time again. Richard G. Scott said, God uses your faith to mold your character. Character is the manifestation of what you are becoming. Strong moral character results from consistent correct choices in the trials and testings of life. Your faith can guide you to choose correct choices. Clearly, it is what you do and what you think about that determine what you are and what you will become. A shameless little plug for the coach in me that I love that quote because how often do we talk about our thoughts and the things that we believe? So what we do and what we think about, obviously the things that we believe and what we think create our feelings, which really propels our actions. That statement just was very, very true in my mind. All right, continuing on. Faith will forge strength of character available to you in times of urgent need. Such character is not developed in moments of great challenge or temptation. That is when it is used. Character is woven patiently from threads of principle, doctrine, and obedience. Righteous character is what you are becoming 
It is more important than what you own, than what you have learned, or what goals you have accomplished. It allows you to be trusted. Righteous character provides the foundation of spiritual strength. It enables you in times of trial and testing to make difficult, extremely important decisions correctly, even when they seem overpowering. I testify that neither Satan nor any other power can weaken or destroy your growing character. Only you can do that through disobedience. Close quote. Handling the trial in the Lord's way looks like trusting in the Lord through obedience. Elder Burrow said, Sometimes the Lord asks us to do hard things, and sometimes our challenges are created by our own or others' use of agency. Nephi experienced this when Lehi invited his sons to return to get the plates from Laban. He said, Behold, thy brothers murmur, saying, It is a hard thing which I have required of them. But behold, I have not required it of them, but it is a commandment of the Lord. And Nephi in return said, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. For I know the Lord giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them, that they may accomplish the thing which he commanded them. Elder Scott assures us it is comforting to know that God will never try try you more than you can manage with his help. The Savior faced hard things. The world shall judge him to be a thing of naught, wherefore they scourge him, and he suffereth it, and they smite him, and he suffereth it. Yea, they spit upon him, and he suffereth it, because of his loving kindness and his long suffering toward the children of men. Because of that loving kindness, Jesus Christ suffered the atonement. As a result, he says to each of us, quote, In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Close quote. Because of Christ, we too can overcome the world. Sometimes in our trials, we might feel alone. Everyone's earthly experience is different. There may not be a person on earth who understands exactly what you are experiencing during your hard thing. But the Savior has not only walked every step with you, seeing the things that you see, hearing the words that you hear. His connection to you goes beyond that. He is feeling the things that you feel. He knows your every thought. He knows the joys of your heart. He knows your wants and your desires. He feels your sorrow and your anguish. And he is there every second of it. No matter how long and how drawn out or as quick and excruciating that the trial might be, he has already walked the road with you. And he has offered to take the weight you've been carrying and take it all upon himself. He has already done that for you. All we have to do is to put our faith and trust in him. Because even though this hard thing might seem impossible and never-ending, he knows the way out. The Savior is real. He wants your happiness. He loves you more than we can even comprehend. All we have to do is try our best and keep trying. That's it. He'll acknowledge that. And that is the end of the talk, my friends. This week did go more spiritual. Like I said, it went a little bit more spiritual, but there are a couple things in there that I think really transfer across many different beliefs. And one of those said in spiritual words is accepting the will of God. That in more coach terms is accepting what is or not being in resistance to what is happening right now in your life. There's that equation that I've talked about in many podcasts that pain times resistance equals suffering. We are going to have pain. We definitely will have pain. 
but the more that we resist it is where the suffering happens. Pain is not really optional. We want that for the most beautiful human experience, but the suffering part, that part is optional. Sometimes it's hard, like give yourself human grace that we're going to be resisting what is a little bit. It's okay. That's part of the human experience, but we can limit the suffering. The other belief that I choose to believe that brings so much love is what was said in the last of the talk that I have a very firm belief that my savior has experienced everything that I have. He knows my thoughts, just like it was said in the last part, because I feel in order to really understand somebody to pay for the sins, to pay for the hard things of life, they would have to know how we weigh decisions. And so much goes into that. There's nature, there's nurture, there's the things that we are believing, the things that cause us pain, our trauma from the past. I love the idea that somebody understands me fully. Somebody knows exactly what I feel. When I am incapable of giving myself grace, somebody has seen the entire picture and has given me grace. I think that's an amazing belief. Again, it's just a belief. It is not fact and you get to choose it if you want to. But I like to choose my beliefs on what creates the most beauty in my life. And that's one of those that I love. I love to believe and I would love to offer it to my friends and family. And then the last bit of information I want to put in more people words, less like talk, you know, that talk voice or when you're reading voice, I apologize for that, but that's what happens when I read and when most people read, it's fine. Anywho, the last little bit of information is once you've accepted reality, finding ways, asking better questions on how you can be the person that you want to be. That better questions part is so good for your experience and how you overcome your trials. If you are feeling stuck and you're spinning in the sad and you're spinning in the lost, I want you to process those emotions first. Like give yourself time to feel the emotion, not just like put it off, put it off, put it off. I'm talking go into your body and feel it. But then after that, the questions, notice what questions you're asking or what sentences are running in your head that are creating that physical experience in your body. You have so much more agency over that than we even understand. Change your questions. Look at the sentences that are going on in your head. You can change those and changing those, the things that you believe in and that you invest in, that will change your experience. You have way more control than you think you do. If you are going through a difficult trial right now, which most people are, difficult is all on different scales, Allow yourself human emotion. Take care of yourself. Get into your head. Be constantly writing things down. But just know, every emotion is allowed. You're not doing it wrong if you're feeling anger after feeling sadness. You're not doing it wrong. Give yourself so much love, so much grace. Let it take longer than you think that it's going to take because most of the time it does. I love you, my friends. Have a great week. And if this wasn't your cup of tea because it was reading, come back next week. This was kind of out of the blue. But I really appreciate you guys for being here. We'll see you. Bye.